Welcome to the VG Empire Year of 2011 video game music wrap-up of 2011-a-thon. 2011! Woo! So uh, this episode, um, usually I've done a bunch of old stuff, which is, to me, the game music that... Um, you grew up with. Get, get grew up with. It's where all of our collective memories come from. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the last. this is the last episode of this year. I'm going to take a week off to uh, not work for one week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it'd be suiting to end it with a look at some of the best music of this year. And bringing us in, well, first, oh. I'm Brett Elston. I'm Chris Antista. Henry Gilbert. Michael Grimm. We've got four people up in here. All of you, well, not Henry, but Chris <laughs> and Mike, you both are like, uh, even leading into this episode, you were already like rocking your heads back and forth. To, yeah. uh, this, that was Ace Combat Assault Horizon. Uh, the song is Dog, dog, song is dog Fight, dog fight. Dog which... Fight. Uh, I was the last one to play this, despite being the long, the mm-hmm. lifelong Ace Combat fan. And that was why you were the last person to play. Yeah, yeah. there's a bit of that. But and this is one of the first songs you hear. Like. That's like the first level. Yeah. And like I look, Ace Combat has always had good music. Yeah. I've even played some in I think episode four, The Genius of Jumping Flash. Yes. Please go check it out. Um, Air Combat, well, Ace Combat has always had good guitar music, mm-hmm. and uh, over the years it added a little bit more orchestra and synth. But this one really did bring it all together to this perfect point yeah uh where normally it's the kind of music i would laugh at and be like mm-hmm. and that but that's like the the first thing that happens that draws you all right i expect music like this wait where is it going yeah, <laughs> yeah. what i think the catch is that it's it's japanese as well. yeah makes it acceptable it's, if it was an american game i just roll my eyes and go oh, to burritos. me it sounds like that <laughs> it sounds like that orchestral metallica s&m album although mm. not made for pansies <laughs> Like, if this were made for true, true hardcore... Right. Jet bros. Jet, Jet bros. bros. But yeah, the fact that you're flying... It's an opening level. You're in an F-22 screaming over Miami Beach. Yeah, like, yeah, with yeah. this music, it's just... It's, it's sort of like you weren't prepared. You weren't as prepared as you thought you were no, for what's going to happen. And, I've, and I was telling you guys this, like, because you guys were rant, raving about, the music is incredible! Yeah. And I'm like, well, the music has always been good. Because even yeah. even this game is the same people. Yes, uh, that's the... that's Who did that song? It, Nam, Namco's sound team is the general mm-hmm. thing, but as far as a specific name, the most... I think the most appropriate person the name is uh, Ke- Keiki Kobayashi. He's, he's credited yeah. on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, in the alone, yeah. like uh, um, specifically. But Namco sound team includes uh, other people. I had to look up some of them because uh, Hiroshi Okubo. Like, yeah, he did more old, older Ace Combat stuff. I don't know that he was actually part of of Assault Horizon. Um, but then also, uh, there's a lot of tracks on this that have like backing vocals or. But you know the soundtrack lists them as Northwest Symphonia, and I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I love their tales. I, I do. Mm, yeah, I'm guessing that will be, be on no, there. I, maybe I'll just thought it was the music was new, just because you know the graphical style was new. They no, changed. Well, they changed uh, the way I've described it is that this is the one of the first Ace Combat games for people who aren't Ace Combat fans. Yeah, yeah. And I I finished it, and I don't like it as much as Six. I still think Six it's is not one for of, you. Is one of the best. <laughs> Chris is sadly correct. It, yes, I know it's not for me, but it's like. You know, getting into that dogfight mode with the music cranks up, and then just the, the, specifically the music, how it, it reacts to what's going on. Like when you go into dogfight mode, it just adds three guitars for no reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. It really helps sell that experience. And even though Ace Combat to me has always had good music, especially like they each have their own kind of flavor. Like four sounds different than two, sounds mm-hmm. different than three, sounds different than five, and six was like uh, its own. Th- so like they're all different, but I feel like this is. The most easily sellable. Yeah. Where it's, you can, like, no, put this in a game, everybody's going to go lose their mind. It's not made sure. I just feel like they're, I don't know, reach reach an audience a game of these, of this production value needs yeah, to yeah, reach yeah, in true. the modern day. I don't, it's like, it just reminds me of, like, fast food. You know, you just have a delicious, greasy oh. cheeseburger and fries, and you drink a yeah. gallon of Coke, and it's like, yeah. yeah, this is awesome. But instead of having a huge dump afterwards, <laughs> you really enjoy the game. We weren't That's listening. Fine. Mike Mike just, so he just crapped on the game slightly. Yeah. You, 
No, I mean it's brief. It's a short game. It's a short and game, it, but it's super crunchy and fun, and it's, it's really like, fun. It's really <laughs> um, good. It's crunchy. just like, it is a little. You mentioned throwaway, like though. you mentioned uh, like you linked me Dogfight. I think the track, and I'm like, wow, that is really good. Mm-hmm. And you're you're like. It was a very good analogy. It's basically Advance Wars music. It, mm. it is. It sounded yeah. like, like Days of uh, Ruin. Days like, of if Ruin. If you like Days of Ruin, this is even better than that. Yeah, if it's you like super that, crunchy that Japanese dogfight is kind of my track of the year. It's it, really it, it's good. It's really good. When I was when I was compiling the song list for this show, Dogfight was the one I stopped on and just listened to like four times. Yeah, because it, it hits so many high points. I would it's three separate crescendos. Yes, and they're all yes. awesome to they're, listen to. They're all different. But yeah, this this song, that song specifically, and the whole soundtrack as a whole rare that I can shout to everyone how good an Ace Combat soundtrack was, and I think this is a case where you guys can actually relate, and I'm so happy. <laughs> it's everything I wish an air show was. Yeah. Like, having been to a few air shows, and no, just hearing so Kid many. Rock and... <laughs> uh, I've, been to, so <laughs> I've been to so many air shows. <laughs> Only it was pre-Kid Rock era. So I, gentlemen, you're Blue Angels. <laughs> I think the last one I went to was in 1989. I never had to go to an air show. and I, I never, If there was an air show anywhere in the Midwest through the East Coast in the 80s, I, guess I went to I'm it. from like a smallish town, and like wherever the, the air best. show was... I could see it from wherever I was. It well, takes them. It takes them three miles to turn yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. To encapsulate what a time warp experience an air show is, I went to one last year in Las Vegas, and wow. the planes came around and they did barrel rolls, repeated barrel rolls, <laughs> and the song they played was "Keep Rolling, 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 Rolling" <laughs> in oh, 2010. Well, for that, I don't know. For the producers of those shows, that's probably like they think they're being really hip, yeah. edgy. Like, Look, but it's it's the thing. Like in that environment, you're like you know. You, they know you, their audience. You know what yes. you're in. Even yes. even if you're not the audience. I did audience, not belong there. <laughs> even if you know the audience, like you know what's going to happen here. So just sit back and enjoy the Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Like, it's in, like when I go to pro wrestling shows and like, uh, why are these people not as smart as me? Why is everybody so angry at, at different Homophobic. Races? And... Why is everybody so homophobic and angry at this Muslim character? <laughs> but, uh, the Iron Shink make humble. So make... The, next, the next two songs I wanted to no, do. That's how I kept that clean. From Ace oh. Combat. Uh, Salt Horizon. Uh, Grim, you were mentioning specifically you wanted to hear White Devil. White Devil is great. And uh, after that is Rebirth from Sandstorm. And both these tracks are pretty long, so uh, they really, you got to chew them up. They're really good. But uh, we'll play these two songs um, again, uh, all about 2011. And oh, Northwest Symphonia is, as you might expect, the top symphonic recording orchestra in the U.S. Um, or one of the top. So that's what that I is. I wouldn't go to the Northwest for it, though. I'd go to the London. I, I, I'd go to the Northeast. Northeast. Again, Nam- Namco sound team, uh, Keiki Kobayashi is, the, I think, the most primary person. Uh, White Devil and, <laughs> and Rebirth from Sandstorm will be right back.
Thank you, White Devils. That is, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> that is White Devil and uh, the Sandstorm song, which no Darude anywhere to be seen. I'm sorry. Digga, digga, digga. If that's what you thought it was. We went to a birthday party like last month, and like the music kept. It was in a club, and like the music kept going more and more 90s, more and more 90s, and slowly moving ahead and ahead. And then it finally started Sandstorm. And it, by the time it got to it, it's just like, Oof. all right. But everyone in the room went nuts. Yeah. And it's like, that's the most overplayed dance song maybe in history. Maybe or, ever. I, I would say the most overused YouTube track in the history of anything. Oh. Uh, I would love to know this, the, <laughs> the metrics on what is the well, most we, overused. We discussed it on Laser Time. It could be Chad Kroger's Hero. Lincoln Park's entire discography. Yeah, or uh, Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. Also a great and choice. And or Sandstorm. Great choice. Oh, sand- this is about video games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, White Devil, I think, uh, that song... To me, the notes I wrote down were like, that is like the perfect mix of East and West approach to game music. Um, usually Japanese games, you got, well, back, even back in the day, more specifically, you get, like I've said many times on the show, melodies, tunes, things you could hum, and things you get stuck in your head, and things you go, <clears throat> that's the song from that level. I associate yeah. the, lo- the lava area with this music. Be- mm-hmm. Or Magnet Man from Mega Man 3 has this music, and that's his music. It's only there. So like, you can start identifying themes with areas. And it lets you keep it stronger rather than, like, you play a game, a big open world thing, and it's like, yeah, I heard songs somewhere in there. I don't know where it came from or what triggered it. Um, But that is, like, it keeps the atmosphere. It's not so, you know, video gamey, but then it still has, like, these recurring themes in it that you can can hum. Like, Dogfight's the same way. Uh, The whole soundtrack, to me, walks this very fine line. Um, where it doesn't go too atmospheric like a lot of Western games do, mm. where it's just basically trying to be Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. tired. Of that. I'm really tired getting tired of that. Of that and yeah. Uh, but yeah, so but it, yeah, Ace Combat just goes right in between the two. It sounds Japanese, but it also sounds modern. It's a very updated thing, and uh, yeah, it both. just has that guitar wizard kind yes, of sound yes. thing. Where <laughs> it's just like I imagine <laughs> the guy looks wizard. just like uh, Itagaki. He's a Japanese <laughs> guy with long hair, glasses, and a black leather <laughs> trunk, just, just like playing a, riffage with foot you, pedals. If you want your fancy orchestra, you get that. If you want your sh- shredding guitar, you get that. It's just whatever you want. Now shut up and play Ace Combat, all of you. Yes. Go play the other ones. <laughs> Too late. No, won't happen. Won't happen. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on from that. Um, speaking of Hans Zimmer. Oh goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkham City. Oof. To me, uh, normally, like I said, Western games do. Like I couldn't tell you a single song from Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Or Uncharted 2. Or Uncharted 2. Like, I know they have good music. When I'm mm-hmm. playing them, I'm like, I appreciate this. This is incredible value, and it makes me feel very cinematic. But am I going to listen to it? And are there going to be remixes of it? And can you, you know, can you really commiserate? Not commiserate, I guess, but like, can you just talk about a soundtrack like that? And it's like, no, it's like a movie soundtrack. Like, it comes down to like the theme from the movie. Yeah. It's You're just... like, yeah, I know the Jurassic Park theme. Well, do you know the running from Dilophosaurus sound? Some mm-hmm. piece of the music where Dan- Dennis Nedry's driving through the t- typhoon. No, I don't remember that music. Well, I do because I listen to the soundtrack over and over again. <laughs> but mostly it's just a music bed to get music you bed. from a scene yeah. to another scene. But I feel like Arkham City actually had a couple of... I mean, it, all of its music sounds very good. Mm-hmm. But I think there were actually a few tracks that were more uh, what I equate with video game music. Uh, there's just a couple of things that... Like the first time you explore the city... Um, I forgot what the name of the track is... Uh, where did it go? Oh no, I've lost it. Uh, not the main menu. It might be. Uh, Which is still really good. For a main menu. 
Yeah. Oh, no, the main menu, yeah, it's great. But again, that's where it starts to get very Inception, very Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main menu does a good job of pumping you up. It's just this... Yeah, but I can get them wanting to, you know, kind of take that style anyway because, you know... Right, exactly. Th- that's the type of music used in the Nolan film. Exactly. Right? And, and They want to make know, a cohesive, kind you know, of... a singular vision for yeah. this kind of music. And I'm fine with that. Um, but I can't remember the name of the song. It's... Um, the three songs I want to play are the main theme from the title screen, uh, This Chord is Now in Session, and I think the song I've been referring to is I Know What You Guys Are Thinking. Mm. It's the, the first music that plays when you're first flying around the city and you first get your taste of exploring. Mm. And it sounds like general background mood-setting music, but then there's this point near the end where it just this theme comes in and you're like, it really hit me immediately, and I'm like, this music is fantastic. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't just background music. It actually started to leap out and make me excited about flying and, like, swooping down and crushing this guy's skull not lethally, mind you. Yeah, I busted never. his face on stone yeah. steps, but he will walk again. <laughs> yeah, those guys aren't going to... They're at least not going to walk. They're all dead. Yeah. The trauma to his arms and his butt when I land and knee him in the stomach and then punch his... Cave his butt in mm-hmm. with that thunderous echo, yes. like thunder clap of a punch into his And now head. the city will arrest them and then front the entire medical bill for their <laughs> paralyzed life. Well, it's also like... Which he was beat up, beat up in a prison. prison. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. you're all it's technically in a prison. Either. You're all technically still being punished. Not enough. <laughs> well, I had another... Uh, speaking of music from Batman, too, though, I, uh, I don't want to give it like i don't want to spoil oh, anything for geez, anybody I but the, the credit song the song oh yeah sang during at which the start again, of the if credits, you don't want to spoil it for the arkham city ending uh jump ahead like two minutes right i don't now. want to go into specifics about it but yeah just that song is great and it's just yeah. one of my favorite musical moments of the year but right. even though it's not original soundtrack or anything yeah. but it's a cool moment but but then after that moment like the there's not even music playing over the credits. Like I thought that other oh, than that, yeah. the credit music kind of sucks or it's, it's barely, it's just like super ambient, ambient. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That was, so it was like one of my highest points. And then like immediately to just one of my, just, I feel nothing. And I, and I always, when I ever, I beat a game, I always just let the whole credits roll all the yeah. way through. I'm imagining the scene where Batman is carrying said character out and mm. it's uh, the second song from Ace Combat with the oh, <laughs> play. <laughs> uh, yeah, the soundtrack is Ar- Arkham City is Ron Fish and Nick Arundel. Um, I believe Ron Fish was on the God of War trilogy, mm. um, which is you can start to see some of the themes. Yeah. why the music is the way it is, and then uh, both of them were on Arkham Asylum, so mm-hmm. they came over. But I feel like the soundtrack is way better. Yeah, like uh, I mean, the game itself is well, just. Is better, even though I loved Arkham Asylum considerably, mm-hmm. and this game I feel is even better in every way. It makes like Arkham Asylum the the like prelude to yeah. Arkham. City. I love when I there was a point where the whole time I was like, shouldn't I be able to see Arkham from somewhere in the city? And uh-huh. like I was like, I don't know, or I'm disoriented. I don't know which direction it was. And then finally, like when I've already beat the game and I'm just like doing some side quests, and finally I'm like all the way on the. I guess the east side. It's but I know where you thought. And it's then behind I, the the co- the police station. Yeah, and then I turn over and I look and I'm like, oh wow, there's Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, and that big oh, wow. tree for, is still there. From yeah, it's I, still overgrown. That's why they had they couldn't go back. I, yeah, yeah, I thought it was really cool. It's like yeah, there it is. I mean, it'd be weird if it wasn't. So mm-hmm. it's almost a must. You must do this. But I love. Ever since 3D games came around, I loved that idea of being able to stand in a world and see where you were. Because a mm-hmm. 2D game, you couldn't do that. It was only what was on the screen. So like with Mario 64, the first world, the big hill with the big bob boss on the top, yeah. climbing up to the top of that and just looking around and be like, oh, I came from down there. <laughs> I could see a Goomba running around. Now I'm going to jump all the way down there. Now I'm down here. Now I'm going to go back up. It's like you're six again. Like I'm on the top of the slide. I'm on the bottom of the slide. 
uh, spatial relations. Yes, how they work. <laughs> so yes, uh, we'll do three tracks from Markham City. This court, um, which I believe is a, uh, it's the challenge room music, which is that is great, just pounding, oh, yeah, yeah. pounding the crap out of people music. But one thing I really loved is how it, when you're in the challenge room, it loops indefinitely. I I think this is how it works. It loops indefinitely because it's just made to do that. But then if you get to a certain, when you finally finish the challenge room, it it finishes. Like, the, the loop ends, and it comes to a very decisive ending where it goes, like, bum, bum. And, like, that's when Batman's, like, putting his gloves back on, like, sorry for kicking your ass. Like, <laughs> this court is now in session. I know what you guys are thinking. And then at the beginning is the main theme from the title screen. Again, it's uh, Ron Fish and uh, Nick Arundel.
So yes, I uh, rather enjoyed Arkham City's music, even though I went in not really thinking I was going to take anything out of it, mm-hmm. but then coming out of it with even a handful of tracks. Um, and that album is actually, uh, in fact, most of the albums uh, on this episode are actually pretty legitly available via Amazon MP3 or iTunes. Yeah, so uh, this I've, is the case. Surprised by that. Literally. Yeah, the Western people are Western devs are really good about it, and also something distribution, something digital. They give out. They have a lot of soundtracks available on their site as well. So. A lot of the modern Western stuff is very easy to come by. Capcom actually mm-hmm. has a lot of stuff, too, if, mm-hmm. as far as Japanese companies go, like Dead Rising. and. But, I mean, even that was in Canada. So, but these days they don't have to you know, invest as much in producing physical copies of it. Yeah. I think that was holding them back a lot. Yeah, Something Distribution makes a lot of physical copies of, of all kinds of uh, mm-hmm. modern uh, soundtracks. There's a link on the VG Empire page, but I'll probably make a separate article that's like, here's a way to legitimately buy all these so that the game composers get... Uh, Credit where credit is due, mm-hmm. and um, maybe a tiny cash, a maybe few a little, dollars. Yes, also maybe a little bit of kickback um, for all that good work. Uh, moving on from uh, we did Ace Combat, we did Arkham City, and then now we'll move on to El Shaddai to which, a soundtrack you can't buy uh, in Japan. There's an official soundtrack, yeah. um, but which I bought mm-hmm. and have all the Japanese names that are just squares in my iTunes, so I can't mm-hmm. read them, and it imported in this horrible order, so. It's almost impossible to tell what's going on, and even if I could read Japanese, it wouldn't help because they're not in any order whatsoever, and I have to do get info, where is this on my computer? I have no idea where I put this. The translations of the names I've read, they're just esoteric anyway. It's like, farewell, Destiny, re-Genesis, and Um, stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Is that a Star Trek episode or a Marvel Uh, Comics thing? uh, Uh Uh-oh. Um... So yeah, uh, track 10, track 13, and track 12 is the order I'm going to do this uh, mm. from El Shaddai off of disc one. It's a two-disc soundtrack. Ooh. They do it up right over there. Yeah, no, I love the uh, the soundtrack. Really, from what I've, I've said all along about El Shaddai, is, uh, which was one of my favorite games this year, but like it's almost not fun to play. Like Sometimes you don't, it's not fun to play, but... It's it's such an experience to be in, and part of it, it is, is. I did want I I, yeah. I haven't played it yet either, but I do want to get it credit to, for creating one of the more original atmospheres I've mm-hmm. seen in games this year. Oh, yeah, like even I'm someone who like graphics ceased to impress most of us like but a long time I'm ago. I'm still impressed by design, and but, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a game that. I went in like, yeah, 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 I've heard, oh, it's so beautiful, it's so beautiful. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that could have come out on like a PlayStation 2 and still kind of wowed you with what they right. were but uh, it, it, there's off. a there's a point where design helps it can make a bad game even look good but yeah. El Shaddai is where both of them are flawless mm-hmm. it's good design with like the most amazing graph like every level mm-hmm. looks completely different from the one before it like an old game where now you're suddenly in the minecart level next stage you're on a beach why like uh-huh. the level progression didn't really make any sense to me but every yeah. single place looked completely breathtaking and mm-hmm. completely different Mm-hmm. And uh, you just you rarely get that everything in, like in a yeah. game in an, especially in a fall full of brown games. Yeah, I know. Uh, just but, earth that's tones. why it failed. Yeah. It, honestly, like it's a hard sell. Yeah. Well, and when you look at it too, you're like like if you know the background, um, you know there's a bit. A lot of people made a big deal about when Capcom uh, axed Clover and they, most of them formed Platinum Games. One guy did not join the Platinum Games group, and he was the art. Uh, he was the art lead on Okami and also did character designs for Devil May Cry and yeah. other stuff. And so the Ignition Entertainment hired, like, got him to direct his own game and he got to build his own development group, Japanese development group for Ignition to make an original game. 
And before the game even came out, well, in America, I think it did come out in Japan before they did this, then Ignition was like, meh, we don't like having our own studio. We're closing it and everyone's gone. Sorry. Wow. Which was very sad. But so that's why it looks like the the visual artistic experience is so important because that's, you know, that's the, an artist made it. Yeah. Like, And it, it was a game that was, yeah, the gameplay, I was like, this is okay. <laughs> but it was so amazing to see. And yeah. part of that experience, bringing it back, was the music. Oh yeah, yeah. Um but you said you had a specific song that you were trying to find. Uh yeah, I can't I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the song, but if you, you look it up on YouTube if, if you want a minor spoiler of a boss fight, uh by the way, the story in the game makes little sense. Like even translated makes I love sense. I I do love even though the story was like, what? I, uh-huh. I still enjoyed <laughs> yeah, I was, I enjoyed the roller coaster ride. Yeah, of like I and do. the save point is basically Lucifer on a cell phone talking to God. Yeah, I love Lucifer. That's so cool. I it's um, but so the first, uh, this boss fight with Armoros, who's, um, you, you've gone through this, this whole like liquid, like this watery underwater level almost. You see like, like gigantic whales flying or like just swimming by you and stuff. And then you have this like dance fight against Armoros where Armoros just jumps out and everybody applauds him. And then he just dances like he's at a club while, and you can't touch him while you have to fight all his his minions and then sometimes he just even just dance like his dancing takes up all of the screen and he just dances <laughs> in the screen it uh it was one of my favorite boss fights here just for how silly it was but uh, and the music you know it was part it was oh right um the tracks i want to play here is uh track tw- i know it's <laughs> track 12 on disc one but it is the first sound the first song in the game that made me go oh i'm paying attention to the rest of the soundtrack um it's this. I, I don't remember where it was. I felt like it was the second world that you go to. It's this uh-huh. like floating neon city. And, oh, like, there's yeah. all these fireworks and lights, and it's just one of the most dazzling things I've ever seen in a video game in my life. Mm-hmm. And this music playing underneath it just perfectly. It's very spacey and trippy, and just like floating through a, a, a grid on a with an A10 background. Those, <laughs> those uh, jet shirts that they had in the 80s and 90s which just like a gray <laughs> F-15 flying on a g- green... I had one of those yes, shirts. Yes, everybody yeah. did. Like, it felt like that. I had that. a Tomcat shirt. Yeah, that's a good one. I yeah. probably still have that some- sitting somewhere. <laughs> um, then, uh... After that is track 13, which reminds me a lot of, like, Sega AM2 music. It's very, like, Daytona yeah. put your quarter in and just outrun music or something kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, magical sound shower. Yes, like literally that kind of man. It's got to be an outline episode. Uh, track ten after that is like true Japanese game music. It's like it's what I pictured like a modern Zelda should sound like. It's like see what I, it's like like a modern Zelda labyrinth where it's kind of foreboding, but also this melodic tune that you'll remember later. That's the music that plays when I was in a labyrinth. It it it, it it's tied to an area, mm-hmm. as is all the music in El Shaddai. Like it doesn't repeat a lot. Like it's. This area has this song. This area has this song. It's not ambiguous. Where did I hear this music? You heard it on the city with the floating neon lights. That's where you heard the song. So, yeah, that last track 10 is really sets the mood, but it's not overbearing, and it's just great game music. Um, El Shaddai, uh, which is, uh, let's see, Koda Masato and Hasegawa Kinto. Um, they worked on, let's see, first, uh, Masato was on Monster Hunter, Marvel vs. Capcom, Vampire Savior, which was the third Darkstalkers. Yeah, so uh, a lot of Capcom More stuff. old Capcom people yes. helping Matt, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then uh, Kinto actually didn't get to didn't look that up. I'll look that up while these songs play. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Uh, obviously, two people to keep looking up. 
for their past work. And again, VGMDB is a great site, uh, a great website for all this information. Not my site, that's VG Empire. This is VGMDB <laughs> database. Amazing resource for game music. Uh, just knowing who did what. Check that out. Listen to these songs. We'll be back.
not lovely? Oh, yes. Is that not I lovely music? I, I adore that song. Um, El Shaddai is such a singular audio-visual experience yes, that never everyone happen. will never I happen. I use the word game. You will never... <laughs> yeah, no. But it's like Okami. Like, well, Okami will probably keep living on because there's Okami, Okami. Okami Den and, you know, it's a franchise now, so... Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, yeah no, Okami you will keep seeing, but El Shaddai is just dead. Which, it was... <laughs> yeah. it, but uh, here's... You know what? I bet nobody listening to this will ever beat it, but uh, <laughs> that's just to show you how little they cared about the story... I won't say I won't specifically spoil it, but when you beat the game, basically every character shrugs and go, "I guess no, no, nothing's happening then." All right, <laughs> and then they just walk away. It's like that's the end of the game. It's it, I made no sense. Yeah, but yeah, and, but the journey, man, the journey. Yeah, yeah. it was um, quite a journey. See, I looked up Hasegawa Kento again. Uh, a lot of Capcom stuff, as you might expect. Um, let's see, Resident Evil Outbreak, Devil May Cry Three, Devil May Cry Four, back into a. Weird mix of Western and, and Eastern uh, because of who published it and who made it. Uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution, mm. which in all, the, in all the discussion of what everybody's game of the year's games of the year are is, uh-huh. Ite, yep. ish. Uh, I don't know what I would even pick, but Deus Ex really was the surprise game for me because at the beginning of the year, it was not on my radar at all. And yeah. solely off this guy's recommendation, I'm pointing at Grimm, <laughs> just telling me how good it was. I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll check it out. And I really loved it. It was a game when was, I was at work. I was like, I actually can't wait to go was, home uh, and play the rest of this. I, it it de- deserves some credit because it's it's the third entry in one of the most revered games of all time, built by none of the people really yeah. who worked on that game. Yeah, published by Square Enix. It's by Square. By Square Enix. Yeah. And like, I, I just didn't expect anything out of it at all. And it seemed to def- not only like surpass it, it defied expectations well, and surpassed To show them. you where Square Enix is, like uh, Deus Ex was their big success story this year. Yeah. Like, there were stories where they were like, thank goodness we had Square- Deus Ex to back us up or else our our financials would have looked really bad this year. It was mm-hmm. a great game and it came out at a great time. August, that August mm-hmm. time period. That's is like, a good point. That's what Arkham Asylum, like they spotted August and it's like, yeah. put out some games in August, guys. Like, it's totally okay. You yes. can do that. But now we won't it, forget. But now <laughs> yeah. it seems like once you've done, once you've succeeded in yeah. August, then they're like, well, the next one's got to come out in October, November. November. And I'm like, true. It's like, I kind of get it, but it's like, yeah. you know if it's a huge game that's AAA and successful, it's still going to sell in November? Yeah. I know, I know you don't want to spend your marketing dollars again in November because you'll be going up against another Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed. I did snicker because they were really trying to push that DLC, DLC. for Deus Ex in December, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, yes. no one cares. Yeah, see, like, DLC is, is really hard. It's like, yeah, don't just save that for, like, January yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Wait for this, you know. Uh, it's the kind of thing we all complain about, but it's like, none of us are in that business. Yes. This is <clears> like, <throat> that's not our... <clears throat> Not in that. Do you pro- project sales projections see, and, and, and green light games for when I they come see, out I based see. on fiscal year, Chris? <laughs> I see. Q two. El Shaddai was an August release too. We all work in the games. <laughs> we all work in the games industry, but like that angle, like that aspect of it, is still totally foreign to me because I'm like, why wouldn't you put something out in August or even July? Because your competition is zero, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, people are out. People are on vacation. People are out of school. It's like. I have to say incorrect because all I remember is sitting at home over the summer yeah. wishing a game would come out. Yeah. And then whatever did, 98, Banjo-Kazooie. Guess what I'm playing for the next month? That's it. Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Deus Ex comes out. I wasn't planning on getting it, but here, that's, yeah, all right. It's either that or Jimmy Johnson's anything with an engine. <laughs> but then like flash forward to November where it's like I have to choose between one of six incredible games I want to play this week. I'll buy one yeah. and the rest will be marked down in another month. Like, yeah. I, I, uh, Anyway. 
the music. But the music. It was a good year for game music, as you can tell. <laughs> but Deus Ex, again, uh, I didn't expect much from the music myself. Uh, it's like, again, it's like this Western game with the, the armored gun dude shooting guys in a Blade Runner future. <laughs> like, yeah. yep, zoop. But very cool, very atmospheric. And actually, again, not just atmospheric, because that's what I don't... I don't dislike it, but as far as me listening to game music and championing it, I'm like, well, that's more of a movie score. Mm-hmm. It's good work, and I would still say, no, please give these guys credit. They deserve the the attention just as much as any of these you know, superstar developers that get to rise up and present the game. Obviously, it's under their vision, much like a director mm-hmm. of a movie, but when John Williams makes a score, you want to talk to John Williams about that score because it's probably going to be hummed and sang and made fun of and remix for the next 30 years like every song he does is there's something to it and the same goes with a lot of these game composers but when it can sound like game music without going to which i happen to like anyway uh (laughs) that's always good too when they can uh, walk that line and i felt like this one uh as you'll probably guess all the soundtracks i chose i feel they did that because otherwise they wouldn't be in the show um but deus ex is michael mccann who did splinter cell double agent and then actually went on to do, uh, I mean, just lots of commercials and films. Um, mm-hmm. And it's weird because he's, outside of the games industry, he's probably a known quantity. Yeah. yeah. But then if you ask gamers, and even myself, who's a game music fan, you know Michael McCann? No. But like, oh, well, he did this other stuff and has been working with huge amounts of, you know, he, he's a known, he's a known he, person. He had a couple pieces that I guess are part of his, like, portfolio or whatever okay. that released before the game came out. And I you see. listen to huh. him, you can totally see that that's, like, the direction he was going to take. I see. Where it's just lots, you know, warm synths. And yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the main menu, when you first turn it yeah. on, and it's just like the, the, the menu, I and... and Carolyn was with me. She can vouch for it. Like, I sat on the couch and probably watched that, just the intro, which is not an intro. It's a black screen with, like, a floating, uh, what's his name? Jensen? Jensen. Adam Jensen. Just triangles of his face. But the music with that image, I was just like, this game's amazing already. I don't even care. Ten. Give it a ten. Give it a ten. (laughs) Just like, I don't know. I just watched it. And both of us were like, this is so cool. And it's not like, knock your socks off music. It's just... To be greeted by the game in that way is like, oh, I'm already down. Like this is already cool. I, that's a good point. It's not knocks your. It's not move like music that makes itself like super apparent in the game, but it blends so well with everything. Like when the action scenes start and the music shifts to like the more up tempo thing where the yeah. guys are coming at you, like then you notice it slightly, and it's like this is really good. And then you can listen to it on its own, but in the you know when you're playing the game, it fits perfectly with like the mood of it, like yeah. how it's all gritty cyberpunk future you know transhumanist ethics and this kind of thing but then like the music in the background really fits great. oh the transhumanism yes i'm really happy a game wasn't afraid to be a little high-minded because you know god damn it i'm 27 now and i'm an adult and i want some <laughs> douchey philosophical discussions that aren't written by children in my games <laughs> well well they're in for they were for children not two not by children just sure. children at heart Yes. Um, so the songs I want to play are the main theme from that title screen, uh, mm-hmm. which again, it's not like it's not necessarily great music to listen to on its own, but like yeah, you the whole you can see is combat songs. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like the whole soundtrack is very good background. Like it, it does a great job of being good background music. So like when I'm working and I put headphones on, mm-hmm. it's great for that. But also, there are some tracks that I think are really good, just game style. Listen to this song. Um, so the main menus in there. I've also got the Detroit City ambience, nice, just to have a sense of like what it was like to walk around that city. And this game really does for yellow what Tron does with blue. It's, it's <laughs> just just yellow. Just yellow everywhere. And I love it. It's bright yellow. It's really cool. Um, and then uh, 
Hung Hua Brothel, yes. which, uh, again, it's, I I don't know. I could go on and on about why I think this game was really good. It's, it's like oh, kind of an open world, but not so open that it lends itself to being a busted, broken game, but then also not just a tube where you shoot guys, and also <laughs> not not a stealth game completely, but then not a total just go nuts and do whatever you want. Like It, it just hits everything in just the right amount of moderation. And and I well the boss fights again are kind of not the high point, but it's like I I'm you're literally like judging a, a, a seven season show from two episodes. Yeah, that whole as, series as a whole, it's way yeah better. yeah the whole series is bad because these two episodes were garbage. Like you don't judge any other medium that way. Don't judge right. video games that way. A bad boss fight does not ruin a game. Yeah, so I saw a lot of. I mean, I had a bad time with those bosses, but oh my god, when I was done, I thought the game was fantastic. So. We'll do these uh, three songs. Um, again, this is available um, via, I believe, either something distribution or maybe the Amazon store. Uh, I'll probably have a separate story up that says how you can get all this stuff. But again, I encourage buying these things because, yeah, they're all over YouTube. Yeah, there's ways to get them. But very rarely do you get an opportunity to buy game music from, peop- from that's good and you want to sit and listen to it. It's usually like you've got to step over three hurdles to get game music. I always say I support you getting what you want any way you want, even that includes unofficial channels, but people support what they love yes. somehow, and if that's you important don't support for you. It, yeah. it, like it's okay to sample it, try it, but if exactly. you do love something, support it, make like, an effort. Yeah, like uh, like for example, Super Meat Boy last year, mm-hmm. great soundtrack. Yes, mm-hmm. and they had like a Finding free... of Isaac also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finding of Isaac, it's the same team, same, same songwriter. Yeah. yeah, for which a Binding of Isaac. Oh, Binding of Isaac, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was that game, the indie game music bundle a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I meant to get a story up on VG Empire, but yeah, I paid like $15 and got 20 soundtracks or something like that, and I recognized a lot of the names in there. I didn't even know it, but it was like a lot of overclock names that I recognized, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, (laughs) so I know, I haven't dove into it, but yeah, that indie game music bundle was fantastic. Yeah, the Meat Um, Boy soundtrack is one of my favorites. But yeah, they they had like a free version you could get or sample some tracks, and I'm like, this is awesome. Slam money down. Especially I will, in the I will case buy of those guys, where it's literally like five people that make oh, yeah. the whole thing. So money goes like, to them. That money my... is in their pockets, and you are buying them a Taco Bell Grande. Yeah, my five dollars <laughs> makes a big difference to them. Yeah. Like, uh, but Square Enix, I'm sure, will appreciate your business. Yeah. And uh, also, Deus Ex main theme, Detroit City ambiance, and Hung Hua Brothel.
And that is perfect music to shoot people in a bar to. That's true. <laughs> in a, well, in a club. Actually, no, if you shoot anybody, you get thrown out. So. Yeah. Like I want to talk to somebody in Tron Legacy. <laughs> you go visit somebody for some information. At the top you of steal a... his uh, identity card from his uh, I just wallet remember while he's in the toilet. The things I love the most about that game is how like reverse engineered every area is. Yeah. Like That's how the original was. Yeah, well, yeah, I never played the original. Yeah. And I know you were like saying like it's you just go home and play it randomly on a weekend or something and I yeah. thought you said that to me once. I played Days Ex like once a year all the way. The original. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like just the idea of like you find one way in and you're like, man, I'm so clever. And then you realize like, man, where's all this other stuff go? And then you find like there was a whole other way to get yeah. in and you find it by reverse. You're like not even trying to do the accomplish the mission, but then all of a sudden you find yourself back out in an alley in a sewer grate you didn't realize was there. And yes. you're like, I could have come this way, too. And there was a bunch of different stuff this whole direction. Like, when you get turned around, yeah. yeah. Like when you're a duck or something, it's like you end up somewhere else. It's like, how the heck, where am I? And it's like, oh, if I had that super jump, I could have just come over yeah. this wall. And it's like, huh, that's really neat. And yeah, it's just so many ways. There are legitimate ways to tackle just about every scenario. And it's like, it's really cool. And it's funny because even Human Revolution is way restricted compared to the original. The original oh, yeah. has like nine different That's ways how I feel about East Combat Assault Horizon. There you go. That's, are, the, that's, the, that's the connection. At PC Gamer, where I work, we are working on our 100... Every year they do uh, 100 best games of all time. Right. So they change they every year. They update it, right? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. Deus Ex has been sitting at the top. Like, I, yeah, I just wasn't aware of that. It's still a great game. It is still a great game. Um, Epic come, Mickey, if you want a true update, though. Warren Spector <laughs> on both. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, moving on now, uh, this goes back to February, which I know, did, was that even this year? Ooh. I mean, really? <laughs> right? February <laughs> again? Uh, is Bionic Commando Rearm 2, which I reviewed that back in February when I worked at the press uh-huh. uh, before I work where I currently work. Uh-huh. And Rearm 2, I know I did not feel as strongly about as I did with uh, 1, but one thing that was still really good was the soundtrack, which was uh, Simon Vickland, and uh, his work on Bionic Commando Rearm soundtrack was outstanding. Um, which is one of my favorite maybe game soundtracks ever, and that's coming from someone who takes that very seriously. That's big that's, talk. Yeah, that's no, and like, no small accolade. And like it's it takes the music I already liked from the NES Bionic Commando, and I mean, if you don't like borderline dubstep or like dance, <laughs> but not mm. like trancey radio pop dance, just like real good, like like just a real good produced piece of music, that Rearm soundtrack was fantastic. And Rearm 2 continues that trend but in this case it's new stuff it's simon vicklin making music um he also uh worked on um final fight uh double impact the two-pack oh yeah and he had a hand in the third strike uh online version as well so he's obviously worked with capcom quite a bit but oh man even i think 2008 was buying a commander rearmed and if we can go back to talk radar episodes i remember saying that that was my game of the year back in 2008 i, do. I remember that i recall like, that i as well. loved rearmed it was everything i could have wanted in an update and uh yeah two fell a little short of that but the soundtrack was ex- was equally good uh well i can't say equally good because man that first game soundtrack oh my god oh yeah it's really really good <laughs> but um <laughs> we actually played some of it when they let me borrow the bionic arm and i think the credits of the movie we made is uh one of the tracks power plant from rearm power like, plant beautiful power, power plant is like you could play that in a club and everybody would be like who is this i want to know you gave that to me and it somehow ended up before I, when I was figuring out my playlist, it ended right. up in my main music rotation, yeah. and it's never left. You could do a little uh, experiment where you take these songs, and then you just put uh, Power Plant by Skrillex or <laughs> yes. Dead Mouse on YouTube and see how many hits it gets. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Power Plant Skrillex remix. Dude, this is sick. <laughs> no, this is by Simon Vicklin from four years ago, and it's better than most of that. 
and I like my Skrillex. But uh, so we'll do a couple of songs from that. This is the stage one, which I like a lot. It's a little, it's a little lower key. Campaign intro, which is kind of a fun, just like soaring kind of uh, silly music to go in that. And then the stage select, uh, which uh, is like really dipping toes into dubstep. It's really nice, and uh, we'll be right back.
to come back for air. It's too good. Uh, you're right. It was not dipping in the pool. It was like a full dive into the deep end of dubstep. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Simon Vicklin, Rearm 2, great, great stuff. Uh, moving on, stay in the Capcom pool, mm-hmm. as it were. Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which is nothing but whoop, persistent fan service. And uh, I know you're playing a lot of it these days. I am indeed. Uh, Doom Loops? Doom Loops. So many Doom Loops. <laughs> but man, yeah, there are some good tracks on there. They did um, a nice job with a lot of just sort of retouching the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like Doom and Spider-Man have their own music. Yeah, that you wouldn't Doom's think. from, is it Marvel superheroes? Yeah, I think they all stem from that yeah. originally. Like Spider-Man that... has a theme and Captain America has a theme. Iron Man has a theme. They're really well done remixes, yeah. though. Like, because I mean, they're super modern. They're it's completely different instrumentation, digital instrumentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're all super great. But the original themes, there's some real winners in there too. Like She-Hulk, I think is one of the best. Oh yeah, I don't know She-Hulks. Um, for for this episode, uh, I was going, I was sticking with. I don't know why I did it this way because the Marvel stuff is really good. But in this case, I stuck with the Capcom remixes mm. because every Capcom character is a remix from the game. Right. From the games they are from. Um, the soundtrack is a uh, oh boy, Itayuki. Fukasawa um, from Chaos Legion, and more importantly, did Street Fighter 4, which is a great soundtrack. And again, it had a lot of new stuff, but then also a lot of homages to like the Guile track from Street Fighter 4. Mm. So good. Tis. Um, yeah, I have nothing I, yet. I, yeah, I just wanted to. Hi- I just wanted to highlight uh, some of the Capcom editions, uh, some of the Capcom remixes. So Spencer's music, which is coming off of Bionic Commando, is the Bionic Commando theme redone. Arthur is the Ghosts and Goblins theme redone. Um, I guess I'm just I guess just those two those are the two I had down mm. um, Phoenix Wright as well um, yeah that remix of Cornered is amazing is that what it is Cornered yeah it's Cornered when, once you get into like his final mode like his you know ultimate mode yeah yeah because it changes from the regular Phoenix Wright theme to the corner which is like right the awesome just like super yeah. you know just like super dramatic music but so. when you get him in that it's great too because it overrides whoever else is like oh, theme, theme is playing, playing yeah. and it will just play consistently if you tag about so it's just that's a great nice. thing. He's like, yep. That's one thing I loved about uh yeah, those the, the versus games is like a character's theme would play almost like a comeback song. Mm-hmm. Like when they come in. Like one thing I loved about playing Marvel versus the original Marvel versus Capcom was playing as as Ryu, you you know, your first person, you know, you get knocked out, your team is busted, mm-hmm. but then like whoever comes in their theme starts playing and just reuse music is that Street Fighter 2 bump 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 yeah. and just Ryu coming out and fighting this giant like juggernaut or not juggernaut but like just it just gets you so pumped and you <laughs> yes come back come back <laughs> It's yeah. funny, I'm to the point now where I play so much in training mode that it will exclusively play the first <laughs> character for the second player. Oh. So I always pick like She-Hulk or Doom on the first right. and then switch them out so I can hit someone else. Nice. <laughs> Just good. so it'll play the one song I want to hear. Yeah, I'm going to go into uh, Rad Spencer, Arthur, Phoenix Wright. This is a Hideyuki, Fukasawa, Marvel vs. Capcom 3.
Excellent, excellent stuff. Love the shout, the, the fan shout outs, and that whole game just soaked with fan service. Like every frame, every moment. Uh, moving on, uh, Henry, this one's all for you. Uh, again, going to the <laughs> DS, a uh, place you does not get a lot of respect for its music, but there's always great stuff. Uh, like Spirit Tracks was great, Advance Wars, Dual Strike, and Days of Ruin, both fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this year was Dragon Quest Nine, which, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Dragon Quest person, but 8 had a soundtrack that I was completely in love with, and uh, I felt like 9 was just really good stuff and uh, probably got overlooked by a lot of people. Yeah, well, in Dragon Quest history, like music has always been very important mm. to it. Like um, Final Fantasy fans know like it was... Uh, they, there was the director and uh, Amino, the artist, and then uh, uh, Uematsu, Iramatsu, the uh, Uematsu. Yeah. As the composer, and for this, like the triumvirate of Dragon Quest was Yuji Horii, the designer slash director, mm-hmm. um, Akira Toriyama, the artist, yes. and Koichi Sugiyama, the uh, the composer, who's and, been the composer since yes. the Famicom days, and he did nine as well, and he still he kept doing it to nine, and um, and for me, the music in Dragon Quest, like just just turning, like when I turned on nine or any Dragon Quest, like I just want to sit still and let the the uh, orchestral score just—it's not always orchestral, but uh, for the intro they do is just like da 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 da, right? Yeah, da da da. Yeah, the same. Ah, just love that song. It's the it's the Dragon Quest equivalent of the the Final Fantasy like crystal music. The, yeah, the, yeah. But but also I just like uh, Sugiyama's music. Uh, uh, Diki's music in general is like it's always more upbeat. And talking about Dairy Queen, right? <laughs> yeah, Dairy Queen. Uh, they're Peanut Buster Parfait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the music always is more upbeat, and it always just has a lighter air to it. Which, if like, if what you're used to in JRPGs is the more like dramatic emo kind of style of Final Fantasy, like it's a nice alternative. I, I'm not going to go dr- dramatic emo for Final Fantasy. Well, it like, doesn't always go that way. It's not. I, it's not like Dragon Quest does have a bit more uh, fun to it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Final Fantasy, I think, goes for more drama. Yeah, but drama would, in general, not I think, always I, I just, emo. Emo is one of those words that gets thrown around so much that I'm really getting tired of. Well, okay, the emo doesn't really come in until 7, FF7. Even that is just not, like, that's not what all it is. All right, all right. It's not, what it, it's not what it is. I didn't mean to start as The music is immune. <laughs> the music, um, yes, the, But yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. They, they just have classic, uh, it's just, you know, well, like with any ages old rpg like it like I, it's got great old themes they just keep bringing back and yeah, yeah. and rebu- rebuffing like yeah i i love the dragon quest soundtracks all of them like they're great and it's actually one of the few uh speaking of buying soundtracks i heard a funny story from uh from a fellow dragon quest fan of like they went to japan and they uh you could actually get on vinyl the dragon quest one soundtrack wow. like which you never hear of a 8-bit music on a record 8-bit music Oof. on a record like yeah it's that's, crazy that's pretty cool that's yeah. uh wow I'm gonna have to make that my business now <laughs> that can't be cheap uh exclusive Man, what LPs would, what would that even be like, I can't even <laughs> how would I even play that I don't even understand like cause it's a purely digital creation. How would I get that on my iPod? There's like four notes that they, like five sound channels they could ever use, and then on record. On a record. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. It seems unnecessary. It's, <laughs> no, it is. That's the point. Well, well, not if you want to cut it up in a, you know. Not, <laughs> a, not in 1986. Woo, you guys ready for the DQ main theme? This was 25 years ago, guys. Oh, that's, that's true. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's, why. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that's why I'm just saying it's been around that long. I see. You I see. can find it on an LP. I see. That's what I mean. 
Though, yeah, this uh, was the 25th anniversary of Dragon Quest. You're right. Year, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, Metroid was the 25th anniversary. Sort yeah. of. There's a lot of games this that are in weird, or maybe it's yeah. just... Yeah. Yeah, oh, you mean it's... It's like, is it the Japanese date or the U.S. Uh, date? So we're in a lot of weird windows here where it's like, well, which is it? Because, you know, uh, that, yeah. this is back when Japan would get stuff a full year before us in a lot of cases. Like, yeah, yeah, I liked when, like, last year Nintendo celebrated the Mario 25th anniversary. I was like, well, we, I guess some... A select Americans in right. 1985 at the did play Mario. Yeah, some but... people in New York got to play it. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on from Dragon Quest. Well, actually, moving into Dragon Quest. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, the tracks I picked, <laughs> uh, again, com- composer is Koichi Sugiyama. And the tracks I picked are uh, I Won't Lose, which is the battle music, Heaven's Prayer. Oh, and I also uh, want to say. I can't believe I've done this. Uh, and Heaven's Prayer, and then Cross the Fields, Cross the Mountains, which is like the overworld music. <laughs>
So yeah, some regular, what I would consider traditional game music, uh, bringing us to the end is mm-hmm. Dragon Quest IX. Uh, not, again, this is certainly not the only good music. Like, I know Bastion had a lot of stuff people were oh, yeah. interested, but I never got to play it, so I, and I didn't have time to go oh, look through man, the soundtrack. Really? However, Bastion did get uh, VGA's The Best yeah. Soundtrack Award, so uh, yeah. that probably showed up for 10 seconds on the show somewhere. Well, that was uh, that was on the pre-show, actually. Oh. The o- o- online-only pre-show. Oh my god, really? Yeah, that's how I knew they won. They just uh, were like, hey, and now... So, yeah, if you want a further show. example of how even a games award show doesn't care about the game music, mm-hmm. it wasn't even on the... Pro- uh, all right, so anyway. <laughs> uh, but you wanted, I wanted to do the quick call-outs if you guys had anything. And Henry, you mentioned something that I, I forgot but is really good. is Akira Yamaoka's uh, music from um, Shadows of the Dam. Yeah. Uh, I nice. just... Uh, I just love, like Akira Yamaoka is one of the best composers in in gaming. In the, yeah, the, Silent Hill all the way. Like he had some stuff in DDR, which is really amusing. Yes. But he's also a game designer too, which is cool. Like, and I just like that he, like this was a, he joined Grasshopper Manufacturer. And, uh, this was his biggest. You know, he's actually going to help them design stuff now too. But he he just did all the music for Shadows Dam, which like. Has like this kind of trippy stuff, or also like really punk rock like kind of feel to it too, and uh, and even when it's like purposefully poor music or meant to sound like it's coming out of a I don't um, know like a music box for the yeah, uh, for the vertical for the this, horizontal shooter levels, yeah. like, diegetic music. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I just love those. Like he did it. He did a great job. Cool. I like it actually. Just hearing this right mm-hmm. now. No, the whole soundtrack is great. Like I know you specifically would like it. The whole okay. time it's like Ow. this sounds like jazzy crap that I would. <laughs> <laughs> As a guy that loves jazzy crap, uh, no, but no, it's a great soundtrack. It it really is just Akiriyama Oka is great at. Y- you can just tell when it's him. He has a, there's a warmth to his music or a creepiness. Well, especially the Silent Hill stuff, obviously. But like, well, I'll do a Silent Hill episode. I'm sure sometime. But. Did he do the Killer Seven soundtrack? Uh, I don't think so. He would have been a Konami at the time. Ah, good call. Yes. Oh, it was Capcom. Uh, so yeah, that song we played underneath this is from Shadows of the Damn soundtrack, Dropped Off Between Stops, which is, you know, fittingly the loading music, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, then you also loaded this Sushi Lamp uh-huh. song. Jump ahead here. I love this, where this is... Uh, in some of the stages, you shoot a lamp fish, or, you know, one of those fish with a little yeah. light dongle on its head. And then it just kind of crawls along, lighting your path, keeping oh, you yeah. safe. Like, I do remember yeah. this. And, uh, well, on this podcast, I can't really even quote any line from Shadows of the Please don't. But very cool game. Sold nothing. No one bought it. Yeah. Like, you could probably get it for $10 now. Which yeah, I, it was, I heard complaints that it was the most vanilla of all Suda 51's games. Well, I guess by Suda standards. It's the most, yes, the most it Western was. in terms of gameplay, but it's still... Right. Well, it was also like Shinji Mikami from Game, from, formerly of Capcom, worked with him on it. Yeah, he has. Like, mm, where basically they just seemed to hire. From from what I have read, that he came in early and I think basically just show, shared with them the secrets of how to make third person shooters. And we're just like, hey, this is what Resident. <laughs> I imagine him opening we, like a wooden box. Well, like kind of. He's just like, this is what Resident Evil Four was like. I'll teach you guys. And Suda's like, oh, thanks. Like it gave him a core of third person shooting that he didn't. But it still had all the. It still had a lot of the creativity of uh, that makes Suda famous. It's still a strange, strange game, and then especially even this that Sushi Lamp song we were playing. Like the scenario in which that happens is like, yeah, (laughs) this would only happen in one of Suda's games. Mm -hmm. You guys were also anything else you guys were mentioning? 
uh, well, another favorite of mine, though it doesn't really fit for this podcast because it's not original music, but the uh, the licensed soundtrack of Saints Row the Third was really good because uh, uh, several things I liked about it, like uh, it it's it's an open world game. It is a GTA clone if you want to be totally reductive. I think it's come into its own. If you want to be bit. totally reductive, though, it's a GTA clone, but it's. Uh, it's so it's got radio stations with great great songs I like like funky cold Medina yeah and, uh, <laughs> there's some good tracks on there for sure and also uh, one of my favorite uh, it's very dubstep heavy though I don't yeah like but on the uh, it's also got like really good alternative rock, indie rock on it like uh, like waves this song called Green Eyes by Waves is one yeah. of my favorite songs and uh, and then it's also it even just has music come into the level like um, there's one where you're about to do this big hel- assault from a helicopter that's uh, just uh, Kanye West power is just just playing, and, which is great. Yeah, I, that is a great moment. Even it's a great moment. It even really though, is them saying, "Guess what? We bought the rights to have Kanye West power in this game, so yeah. here it is prominently featured." Even though it's power is a pretty played out song, yep. they made it work for that. Yeah, but Still, I'm sure they bought it earlier this year when it wasn't totally played. Well, there's also that like from this is going a few years back, but. Um, the song, uh, God, the block party song, helicopter. Yeah, helicopter in mm-hmm. uh, in um, the getting Guitar. up, the getting Mark Echo's getting up game. Oh wow, like, that's a reference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, it happens. It's just such a strange moment that when it happens in the game, it's like even though I've already heard this song a hundred times, and it's a great album from from Block Party. That song in the game, it's like, well, yeah, in a game with context, like it takes on a whole new meaning. So even a song that's played out as power, uh-huh. it's like, well, yeah, in the right scenario, it's well, really going to sell you on the experience even more. And yeah. speaking of played out, there's also the they use the Sublime song. Uh, what was the name of that song? It's the one, the only Sublime oh, song. You what hear. I got? What I got? Yeah, yeah, what I got. They all sing it together. They yeah, sing it's... it together, and then over the credits because. Whoever sings it is based on the voice you choose, one of seven voices you choose for your character. Yeah. So over the credits, you yeah. hear all those seven voices singing the song together. An interesting, just sound-related thing is that that game literally has seven different separately recorded entire dialogues for the whole game, and they're yeah. not all the same. They're all totally wow. very, not totally. There's even the zombie one, different. which the cutscenes will go forth like, I don't know, can we really get to the reactor like that? <laughs> That's your character. <laughs> Everybody else talks the same, but yeah. Main character, the, yes. yeah, there are variations. They're yeah. not reading the same script. It's great. And on the licensed pit tip, I would just like to say really quick: if you want to see a soundtrack that is literally what is a bunch, what is what are hip UK guys from Codemasters that are making Dirt Three listening to? Uh, Dirt Three is a good licensed soundtrack. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, electronic heavy, but then like they've got really good taste in electronic music. So there's some really cool, like you know, I don't know, DJ stuff or whatever in there. But then they have the worst taste in rock ever. So if you uh, want to hear what UK people think is cool I rock do, and roll, I do like their Adult Swim game. soundtrack or the Adult Swim channel? Oh, yeah, Saints Row. Saints yeah, Row is yeah. good too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. We they were. have a Tower of the Creator song in there. It's quite good. Mm. Also, this year I want to do uh, give a shout out. I thought I had this soundtrack, and I have it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Ghost Trick soundtrack, the Ghost Trick soundtrack is amazing. Which uh, one? Yep. Which, if you think about it, is one of my favorite games of the year. I'm gonna replay yes, that on the break. The, one of game, the best games of the year. The gameplay is, you know, it's very trial and error. It can become very tiring, but it is one of the best game stories I've ever played, and it will get no recognition for that whatsoever because it's cartoony and on a DS. Everyone uh, dismissed it. Hands down, one of the best stories in a game ever. One of the best endings of any game ever. Uh, makes me tear up every time I, I watch. I've only watched the ending once because I'm like, it's too good. It's too perfect. <laughs> yes. It's just the like a happy ending with two great twists 
Yes. Two amazing twists that are not contrived at all. When they happen, you're like, yeah. oh my God. And they're genuine. So good. It is incredible. But uh, I, I mean, I'll play it the, over the break. But the music uh, is, you know, good 8 bitty stuff. Oh, yeah. Is this two minutes to... Four minutes before death. Four minutes before death. All right. So good. And you're like, what am I supposed to do? Looking at this puzzle, yep. thinking about how do I solve this? You're going to draw lines at the stylus to yeah. other things? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I have to say, my one complaint, not, it's not even a complaint, but the one criticism about this game is that it hews very close towards the interactive fiction genre. Yeah, it's close to that. In that it's, it's a story. It's a story. It's a book. And there's gameplay there, but the story is the There focus. are rewarding puzzles. Yes. Yep. Uh, Detective Jowd. Good stuff with yep. Jowd eating a giant chicken. Main theme. Main theme. Main theme is my. I listen to this like at least twice a week at work. Like it's. <laughs> yeah, this plays a lot in the game. Yeah, every time you get to an end of a chapter, you're like, God, I gotta keep going. But it's like two in the morning, and I'm like, I gotta go to work. So many times it was two in the morning, and I was like, <laughs> I gotta do the next one. Yeah. And what's cool about it too is that even if you're worried, like if you put it down and pick it up, whenever you load your save, it's like last time and ghost trick and yeah. it completely gets you back up to speed and you're like yeah that's exactly why I left off and it's just perfect oh, and this song it's, plays it's, while it's recapping and I'm like I want to click stuff and read dialogue yeah let's soak this in yeah, bass, that fake bass guitar and I'd also like to give a shout out uh, really quick Skyward Sword is Zelda's 25th anniversary Skyward, Zelda music is always going to be very mm. is going to you know go all over the place there's you got mu- to go to a Zelda concert this year. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to do that in a second. But uh, this music, I just did this area, the Lanaryu Mining Facility theme. It's very good Zelda dungeon music. But it's just so... I found it so pretty. And walking around solving puzzles to this. And like trying to figure out where to go. This is one of the best Zelda soundtracks ever. The whole game. Skyward Sword is... is, is I can see why some people are, are, are arguing that it's the best Zelda ever. Because it plays with a lot of the conventions, and it's not like all the others. It's very different. The music is all very different, and it's just really good. Um, Koji Kondo had a hand in it, but obviously he wasn't the main person behind. But no, like this was really good. I thought this was pretty cool. But the song I want to take us out with for the 2011 wrap-up, with Skyward Sword bundled, was the OST for the Legend of Zelda 25th Anniversary, which Skyward Sword soundtrack is all orchestrated by... In an orchestra, <laughs> like uh, like uh, uh, like Northwest Symphony. Yes, yes, by Northwest, <laughs> by uh, uh, like Mario Galaxy was before that. Um, and this year they had uh, the Zelda Orchestra concerts, and uh, I got to go to it in L.A. and it was phenomenal. It blew me away to hear those songs, like given the proper respect that they deserve. Like they're not just game music throwaway things. Like you can fill a you can fill a fancy ass opera house with. Uh, you know, however many packed house, completely sold out, mm-hmm. over hundred dollars per seat, and everyone in the room is just losing their mind because this everyone has memories and emotions attached to this, and to hear it performed by a full orchestra is just—it's unbelievable to know that a eight-bit sound or even like even things from Wind Waker and on, redone not from like game audio but like with an orchestra. It's like now you see how good this music always was and how brilliant it always has been. It just didn't have. You know, a viola next to it, or two giant harps. Like it's just really gets across how genuinely talented these game musicians are, yeah. and they do not get. You know, when you play a game music, it's like, yeah, it sounds like a video game. Yes, but if you put orchestra behind it, to you know, it, it's just like you know, the technology doesn't exist to express yourself in a certain way. 
So you can't do it until you get the right tools. It's like a composition is a composition. Yeah. That you overlook it because it's like, oh, well, he made this on a Nintendo yeah, board exactly. or whatever. So it's useless. It's like, no, no, no. Right. It's, it's phenomenal. And I want to take us out with uh, Gerudo Valley from Ocarina of Time done by an orchestra, which is... Gerudo Valley is one of like a very overplayed like, as far as game music goes. Like it's not like it's being overplayed somewhere, but like because <laughs> uh, who cares, right? Um, but like Overclocked Remix is you know one of my go-to sites, fantastic site, um, run by great people, and and just I can't. I'm so happy that site exists. But you know a lot of the same themes keep getting remixed because they're the most popular game songs. A lot of Mega Man stuff, a lot of Zelda stuff. Obviously, Final Fantasy gets a lot of coverage too. And then among those games, you get like, yeah, Gerudo Valley is going to get like a lot because everyone loves that song. It's a great song, and it's it does not feel like a Zelda song when you first see Gerudo Valley in, in Ocarina of Time. It's like, wow, this this doesn't sound like the rest of the game at all. So it stuck out, stood out for a lot of people. But even though I've heard it one million times, and I'm like, yeah, it's a good song, but I don't need to listen to it every day anymore. Uh, the orchestra version is just mind blowing, and this is on the CD if you pre-ordered or got an early copy or. Within a certain amount of copies, maybe of Skyward Sword, I don't know how mm. it actually worked, mm. but a soundtrack was it must in there. have just been in their first run. Maybe yeah. the first run. It's already it's super expensive on Amazon. I oh, think no, you're thinking of the limited edition one that comes with the. There uh, is gold. one that comes with the with the Wii Remote, and there's one that comes with the soundtrack. The one with the they're both really. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to be like Killer Cuts, where you can still get it with that CD a year after a Killer <laughs> yeah. Instinct comes out. Uh, uh, no, it's it's a fantastic. Wonderful reference. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, taking us out, Gerudo Valley by the uh, Zelda 25th Anniversary CD. Check out Skyward Sword. I know the waggle is a deterrent to everybody, but it really is a phenomenal game, and I'm really digging it. But uh, yeah, this will probably be the last episode for the year, and I'll see you guys back in January. Happy yep. New Year. And hey, thank you guys for coming on and talking thank about you. games. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next year. Bye.